When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Mark. So today, we're going to be talking about the gear and business sides of music. Ben Kleinman, founder of Ray Raydecker Audio Cables, is my guest. Ben talks about what music really flipped the switch for him, and not being a musician, how he started immersing himself in music by booking artists. After some misadventures, he started playing guitar himself and became obsessed with gear. All of this fed into what will become his current foray into music, Ray Raydecker Audio Cables, although that wasn't the first name of his company. So why did he change it? And who is Ray Raydecker? Ben talked about the realities of trying to get artists to use your gear and the amazing friends of Ray Raydecker who do use his stuff. He also talks about the difficulties of balancing a hobby slash business that you're passionate about and the rest of your real life, like day jobs and families. Ben creates beautiful cables by hand, and each one is guaranteed. So if you're into gear, need cables, like concert photography, or any combination of those, this is the show for you. And check out RayRayDecker.com to buy handmade, guaranteed, unique audio cables. And check out Ray Raydecker on Instagram for products and Ben's concert photos. Check the podcast out at Performance ANX on Instagram and Twitter. Reach out there or through the Performance Anxiety Pod at gmail.com. You can support the show through performanceanx.threadless.com for our gear or ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety if you'd like to send us a cup of coffee. And please check out our sponsors. I hope you enjoy a different side of music with Ben Kleinman of Ray Raydecker on Performance Anxiety, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. This is Ben Kleinman, owner and creator of Ray Ray Decker Audio Cables. You are listening to... I have to write the name down. I spaced on that thing. Hold on, I have to just have it in front of me. And I wouldn't... That wouldn't have been... If you, if you didn't say that I can do it multiple times... I just have to write performance anxiety here. This is Ben Kleinman, owner... <clears throat> This is Ben Kleinman, owner and creator of Ray Raydecker Audio Cables. You are listening to Performance Anxiety Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh man, my pleasure, my pleasure. So, how you been, man? It's been a been a little while since we saw each other with the Black Angels show. Yeah, it was. It'll be two months uh, as of yesterday, as of tomorrow. Oh wow! It was on ten. It was on ten fifteen. Oh my god! It has been a long time. Man, that's how time flies. Yeah, so it was neat how we met. Um, we were we both had press passes for that show. Um, Black Angels vacant lot, the vacant lots opened for them. Yeah, uh, nine thirty club, which is my favorite venue. Period of any place, no matter what size. You know, it was a Hampton Coliseum. You know, it's the nine thirty club. It has a lot of special meaning, and that night was very much the same. I think that I. <laughs> I said people press pass because I didn't I didn't know how get, like not how it worked but like yeah. I just I don't know I apologize but that was no of, no it's funny because <laughs> I thought you were with the Black Angels at that point I thought you were actually oh, shooting man. you know like like the the touring photographer with them so oh, yeah maybe in my next lifetime but, um, <laughs> you would be both that would be, that would be something uh, photographer that's that's my goal i'm working on that with black rebel motorcycle club right now at least for uh, like a week that's... jared's um I'm, you know i'm sure you know that jared knows them oh yeah knows them well and that's actually i mean yeah i met you in the in the pit or in the whatever the the runway but yeah after the show when i went to say goodbye to jared then you and your son i believe was with you um yep. supporting a vacant lot shirt nonetheless yeah um, we're, we're talking to him and I, I you guys knew each other from beforehand and um 
Yeah, and then we exchange numbers. Yeah. And um, you, you've been going and shooting some shows, and it's always nice to check out other people's work. And I get really excited when there's something to come out, when there's a show to go to. It's just like a night yeah, out. And it's uh, – I saw Lightning Bolt. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're a noise band. They've been around no. since like early 2000s, maybe late 90s. Oh, They're cool. in Providence, Rhode Island. It's a two – two-player band and um it's drums and the guy plays a five-string bass but i think he winds it with like a banjo string or something <laughs> it is just very 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 loud uh, i uh, i was so i mentioned them because i was i i need it, it's almost like a like i'm jonesing to go to a show which is just i mean just to see live music yeah i'm the I, same I way say that, and i i don't think that being uh having that withheld from us for a year and a half, nearly two years, uh, helped much either. No. So I went, I went and I saw them, um, black cat in DC, which I know that you had gone to not too long ago for the, um, uh, the McDonald's band. <laughs> Max Sabbath. Yeah. Yes, yes. Lung was the opener. That they were lung was really good. So yes, yeah, so it had it. Uh, black cat. I've seen some awesome bands there, but I hate shooting there because it's so uh, it's crowded not, and you can't uh, move around. Well, for Black Cat, in terms of what I did there, well, this band also, both nights, it was, I, I had to get out of that, that pit area. It was just too wild. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I just go away. I shot another show at Black Cat, um, Lelouz and Ghost Funk orchestra open for them oh. and it wasn't as i mean clearly they weren't uh there wasn't a mosh fit there <laughs> but um it wasn't bad i was i i was just going from the periphery i wasn't able to get like all close up there but i was able to get some decent shots the lighting there is not as bad as it was at auto bar the next night when i saw them and oh really? i love have you ever been to auto bar no no I, I mean, I didn't see the actual publication, but it says that it's like listed as one of the top, you know, 20 venues in the country, blah, blah, blah. But I've been there, I think, three total times now, yeah. um, maybe four. I love it. It's just a very oh. tight room, but the, the the lighting there was so terrible and really? I couldn't grab any decent shots. Oh, so. man. All right. So I shoot a lot for a local DC blog called Park Life DC. And I remember you telling me, yeah, between that and podcast guests, that's how I get all of the media passes. I either know one of somebody in the band, they've been on the podcast or they're, it's a band that I like that I haven't had on the podcast and they're in town and, uh, there's an availability to shoot them. Well, Pussifer came into town and so that's, you know, Maynard James Keenan, one of his side project bands and it's like electronic music and i didn't see that anybody had signed up for it or it had just this show had just been announced or something so i reached out to the blog and like i'll shoot that and like a day or two later they got back to me and they said well somebody's already kind of laid claim to the photo pass but they don't write if you want to write the article you you know we'll be happy to get you a pass so i was like ah all right, I'll do that. It's worth just to see the show. So it was one of the weirdest shows I've ever seen. They had aliens running around the stage the entire time. They were only allowed to shoot the first two songs, and that's it. And it's at Warner Theater, so it's not a whole lot of great access. So you just, just the aisles down the side, and it was just, I, I almost glad i didn't get to shoot it just because it was it would have been so difficult to run around and get different points of view different angles to within two songs to uh get an accurate representation of the show and it was it, it was a very strange show being able to to work closer with bands i've come to a real appreciation as to what the not even touring but what the daily life of a musician um, or, or not even a musician, but someone in the industry is in terms of the people who are working at the venues, uh, who are working on the riders weeks in advance, uh, when the, the band is on the road, coordinating, um, everything with tour managers, et cetera. It's, 
Yeah, I don't. As far as I know, there's not a single backstage that's like Motley Crue or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. It's mostly people hanging out and uh, on their cell phones and um, yeah. like playing like word games and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I the, the, no, that's so I was, <laughs> I was hanging out in one of them once, and like they were just on the just. It's got to be so tough to be a musician and a touring musician at that, or you, any any oh, yeah. artist. It's it's definitely not all glamour. It's not sex, drugs, and rock and roll like it, like no. people think it is. I don't. And I don't know if it ever was all that. I think that depends on the band. But I just had a Black Rubber Motorcycle Club's tour manager on. I just, actually, I just released the episode today, and he's like, it's not that at, at all. He's like, with insurance the way it is, and all. He's like, roadies, stone cold sober the whole time. He's like, it's just you can't afford to have missteps. You can't afford to be setting up all this equipment and be, you know, drunk or high doing it. He's like, it's just, it's not worth it. We, we, you're doing that. We're getting rid of you. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey everybody, I've got a great sponsor that I want to talk to you about. For a long time, I wondered if CBD was something that might benefit me, but I had no idea how to find out. I didn't know what products were available, what companies were reputable, and really even what questions to ask to get the answers I needed. That's why I'm so glad I found Pure Spectrum CBD. They helped me discover what CBD could do for me. They were awesome at determining what my needs were and they helped me find a starting point. I started with the tincture and the isolate, but there's also gummies, topicals, mints, and a lot more. Pure Spectrum not only has CBD products for wellness, they also have them for fitness and recovery. There's even CBD for your pets. The website has a ton of information and chat options are available, and all their products are third-party tested, and the results are available right on their website. So go to PureSpectrumCBD.com to do your own research, and when you check out Use code PERFORMANCEANX for 15% off your order. Check them out on Instagram at Pure Spectrum Hemp and subscribe to their email list for sales, new products, and updates. Pure Spectrum, refined phytocannabinoid wellness products for all lifestyles. So yeah. you've got an interesting entry into this. Now, I kind of want to learn more about how you got into this whole area that you're in. So you started a company that produces audio cables. But before that, I mean, you must have been a big music fan just to, to get into that in the first place. What was what was it that made a big impact on you musically? It went like like as a kid. What what made you really get into music? I bought my first cassette tape, which was New Kids on the Block from Kmart in about 1988. Oh wow! And uh, I was hooked after that. 
I saved up for the end of the fourth grade for a CD player and bought uh, Pearl Jam 10 and $130 Sony Discman the day after the last day of school in fourth grade. <laughs> wow. And one of my, I mean, many, you know, the things that I remember fondly of my youth is when I would, and I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio, a local record store called Everybody's Records was it's, it's still there. I'm sure it's been there forever. And I, he would take me there and I would, you know, I was, um, I was obsessed with music. I liked a lot of, I was born in 82. So uh, for people and at least for my cohorts and whatnot, I kind of use like, what grade were you in when Nevermind came out? And that's, I mean, yeah. I'm 40, other 40 year olds, I, we just can kind of have a similar appreciation given we're at similar places in our lives. I, I mean, I wouldn't say, you know, alternative music and stuff like that, but I leaned more towards punk, uh, getting into Riot Girl stuff back in like 94, but uh -huh. I was introduced by a, an older mentor when I was, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade about bands like that. And he gave me like mixtapes and would, they were in her kill rock stars, uh, record label. And I, he would tell me to send them $5 and ask for, you know, four seven inches and two albums and other stuff and they, they did it for a while and, I, and as a you know as a nine as it was it 11 years old or something like that yeah. i mean it, i don't know but um yeah he got me into that stuff i started i've, I've always been into sonic youth also since i was like in fourth grade they seeing them and i saw them a few times 98 2004 and then 2009 I believe. Oh, cool. And uh, they were some, it means, it means a lot, you know, that they're like the, like the band that, you know, the, but the, it's, they do really mean a lot. Yeah. Um, and they've been around forever. Record. Yeah. Well, they had been around forever. They, they don't, it just ended poorly, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. But band breaking up. I got into a lot of fish in high school, like, 10th grade on, I started seeing them in like 97 in the Midwest. They don't, you know, it's easier if you're on the East coast to see a lot of touring bands like that, just cause you yeah. can go to cities that are a lot closer, not so much in the Midwest, but my folks did let me start going to shows then. And I was pretty much obsessed with that until like, I got really into the Grateful Dead in like second year of college or so in like 2002 or so. Oh wow! And, and then I, and, and that actually really, it'll lead up to it in terms of with, with Ray Ray Decker, where uh, some first sales actually started coming from. But when I moved to Philadelphia after college, it was, and I went to college in Madison, Wisconsin, Philadelphia was the first big city that I've ever lived in. And of course the big cities is where a lot of the touring bands are going to stop big or small. So I got, because I got back into that, like kill rock stars type stuff, that music. And now there were bands that I could actually see that were coming to the area and that was exciting so i got back into going to like shows i mean i went to like you know punk basement shows when i was 15 and 16 and stuff yeah. and i personally would love to go to those on a random night i don't even know like, where to go <laughs> that anymore but yeah i know i yeah i, I don't know where that's happening anymore i know it's, i think it's uh, all happening online now i don't know I, I they need to bring it back they do and when I moved to Philadelphia and I was back into that stuff, there was a band called the old haunts and they, I mean, I think they released like two or three albums and they disbanded a lot of those bands don't stay together forever. And they had a day off and I contacted their, the record. I mean, this is like pre Instagram, like any things, 2005. Okay. And I said, I, I said, Hey, dad, if I find a place, uh, can I hire the band? And they charged me $150 to have these guys come. I didn't have a phone number for anybody. <laughs> I didn't have any contact information. Um, a barber shop in South Philadelphia, like on that, it, it was, I, don't, I doubt it's even there anymore, but they didn't charge me and let them use the space. Oh my they showed God. up. I bet, you know, they showed up. I remember my wife, my girlfriend at the time, she, I don't think I wanted to do it either, but they asked to like sleep at my house. And that's so like, I, I feel like I would have to do that now, but like at that stage and also, and I was, uh, uh I wasn't a punk rocker, let's just say myself and, and, uh, raised a little more conservatively, not that I wouldn't be okay with it, <laughs> right. but she was, but she even more so, but the, uh, but I don't blame her. No, I, the, but they ended up hanging out with other people that they probably should have been hanging out. Yeah. With. <laughs> 
to begin with, <laughs> but they were nice. And, um, I got the obligatory picture taken with the guys. Nice. I'm telling you that just because it really, that's kind of the stuff that really gave me a taste of flavor, not, uh, of getting closer, being able to, you know, to touch musicians, um, and even though that, you know, and I have like posters made by professional artists and stuff screen printed, I, I lost money on the show. The posters cost more than the show did itself. And oh, there, wow. was a, a, there was a bonehead, a colleague of mine at the door who wasn't really collecting money, but it was an amazing experience. I, I'm really glad that I had that in my life and that there's little sparks in that, that when in Ray Raider is audio cables and, I was into, I started playing bass and and similar time, fifth grade, sixth grade or something like that. Okay. And I enjoyed it. And I, I picked up guitar and learned a bit of that too. And then I put instruments down and then I just really didn't even pick one up for a long time. The music, no matter which of those phases, the bands that I was telling you about, I was going through and it, I wasn't strictly listening to that. I mean, there was a phase at the end of Philadelphia when I lived there, but like right before the 2009, where like, I listened to Sonic Youth for about eight months straight and like, that was it. Wow. So I kind of, I mean, you know, and so it was, I, I, I wasn't playing instruments anymore. I thought that I wasn't interested in them. It just listening to music became um, more accessible and I had been in school and other stuff too. And it's not that you can't pick up an instrument and just unwind for 30 seconds, which I definitely do now. I have an instrument in my office at both of them. And yeah, it's therapy when you just sit there and just like, even just do scales or just like move your fingers around yeah, and um, just make nice sounds just to, so I, I won't say that I was raised like very technical in terms of like, not like wood shop or stuff like that. I took all that stuff. Okay. I didn't know how to do any, like, I didn't know what a soldering iron was really at all, nor how to use anything. I was self-taught. I got back into oh, wow. instruments and in, in gear specifically because my best friend locally here and, um, chief advisor actually, or Ray Redeker, he, uh, were, we've known each other now for 10 years and um he's an excellent musician he's very very level-headed provides excellent advice all of the time and he uh he turned me into a a, a gear fiend and oh, really it, oh my god it got out of control <laughs> with that. How, all right so, so how did it get out of control you got to tell me what do, you, what do you mean it got out of control there's so much I, I just like started to like buy stuff it wasn't even it was like pathologic at certain points like like but pedals or like like yeah, oh like, like like everything nice but and since july i have been selling a good majority of it because oh, wow. i have come to and, and getting rid of no matter what anybody says getting rid of something like selling is a hundred times better than acquiring something oh really I may have to oh try God, that. Yes. <laughs> I no, say that it, it really God. is. And, and, you, and you can't really feel that way until you do it. But you, you'll you see what I mean. It was just too much. There was too much stuff. I didn't need it. Yeah. I'm not a musician. I'm not a musician. I, I enjoy playing instruments. I don't, you know, and so that's the answer as to why with that. I was into pedals and I had a few instruments. Uh, uh, and then I wanted to build pedal boards but instead of wrapping big lengths of the dc the power cable like around and around and making bunches of them i wanted to make things i wanted to make the dc cables to length so i saw it to i needed to learn how to solder and yeah youtube i mean if youtube was around when you and i were growing up yes. it would have i know kids are oh, they're spoiled they're spoiled they they're really spoiled are they have no idea but in my early work in terms of like my technical skills for like the solder joints and everything themselves it was garbage. And I mean, practice makes perfect in yeah. terms of, in terms of doing stuff, just go figure. I started to put together pedal boards, making patch cables and such. I was, before I even picked up a soldering iron, I was purchasing nicer cables that had that similar, the same sheath that all of mine have. It's called TechFlex is the name of the material. Okay. It's, um, there's, I have over 60 colors and that's like what 
the instrument cables are like covered with like okay. an outer covering so i saw and i was buying them from like australia and paying an arm and a leg for them just because i didn't know where else to to look or get these things and then i was like you know what let me just try to do this myself and not only just with instrument cables but kind of like the theme along the way is like let me find the first of all what am i going to use it for who's going to want it what fun what you know am i going to make one of these in my entire lifetime or i gonna you know is this going to be a, a top seller I then vet the hardware, the actual like plugs and whatnot. And there's a lot of different stuff and I'm super, super picky. The majority, if not almost all of the stuff that I use is a very like rugged industrial feel. There's a ton of different brands of, I mean, there's several brands of like the connectors, the plugs, but my whole thing and that I've turned in, not simply just surface uh, level aesthetic, but who wants something if it's you know i would i wanted a form to put my 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 i don't want to say creativity but just like what i needed to do to keep myself busy i was at a very bored time in my life also and that's also why i needed to keep myself occupied oh, okay um so that's how it happened and i after the patch cables and it wasn't even patch cables it's just as dc cables because i've been buying that other stuff I started toying around and those wood handles that you see on the um, on the cables. Yeah. That part itself is from the company that I buy my regular plugs from. I don't know what happens when in my brain when I saw that. I mean it honestly just would have but I <laughs> I got some of those parts and I started making stuff and I mean they were crude prototypes of what became the the main cave the the, the signature cable so to say with that thing i make something with everything but those are kind of and it's not that other people don't have them or couldn't buy them but it's just well, incorporated it from the start i like the uh the flush of the the, the uh, that right angle the it's like so flush to the, the pedal board or to the uh effect that's something that and I'm not a professional musician, so I'm not out looking for this kind of thing, but I haven't seen anything like that before. So nothing that <clears throat> flush to, to the, uh, effects pedal, but I got an, I, oh, you're, you're talking about the patch cable. hardware. Yes. yes. Yeah. There's, there's several, I know what you're talking about now. I thought you were referring to the instrument cable at first. Yeah. There's, there's several different types of products and you know, the, a lot of people have the thinner type ones, but vetting the different hardware i'm sorry you were saying oh no I, I wanted to ask you how you came up with the name for the company ray radek because oh. that's really interesting so it wasn't the original name for the company the original name for the company was really corny and my dad did some searching and said that there's a, a company that makes some audio speakers in russia that has a similar name so oh, i wow. pulled the plug i already had like the the website name and all of that other stuff and it was hosted through GoDaddy. and then i when he told me that i was like all right and um oh, right. four things with russia uh contrast the audio okay yeah you, you don't want to get russian people mad at you well this is even before all that other <laughs> stuff, yeah. so and i personally i like not even just with like the paintings and stuff it was just colors in general i like things that contrast and it just allows things to pop better and yeah. i like that and that's kind of where my mind was with that but it was a crummy name for many reasons one of which also and oh, i won't say it was a crummy name for this reason but and this also is part of the reason why it went with ray ray decker is that i didn't want it to have audio or cable in the in the title and it just i wanted it to be different i wanted it okay. to be like you know like that's a like that's a panama jack shirt or something like that right like, oh, that's a rate that's a rate anchor cable so GoDaddy let me change the the website name for that what ray radecker was before that is and i wish it was my own own creation my father's uh an ex-friend of his who's just this guy's totally shredded and he's very very funny and he would go my father would go to his house and he's a, a perennial bachelor not that that means anything but he um would sit there my dad didn't drink but my friend my dad's friend would sit there and he would get loaded and he before they would go out to dinner and they'd hang out for a bit and then um they decided where they wanted to go and eat and then his friend would 
call and the host or hostess would say, you know, hello. And he goes, yes, can I have a, a reservation for two for Ray, Ray Decker? And they would say, you know, table for two for Mr. Ray Decker. No, Ray, Ray Decker. And it was just in the Seinfeld type answer would ensue. And it, <laughs> it, it stuck with you too. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that too, for sure. But my dad says that if we send him one of the sweatshirts or something in the mail, that he'll die of a coronary right there on the spot. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, he was just he was just an intense guy. But um, well, it yeah. made an impact for sure. Yeah, and I didn't. I a lot of things I like to well. It's been a platform for me to express myself and tying back into why, you know, music has been an, an extremely important part of my life. And I mentioned all this gear and stuff. My friend, same guy who, who took me down the, the dark path, he said this <laughs> phrase and then I, and then I just like took it to heart. It's like, I enjoy the rigging more than the gigging. And he's an excellent musician too. I'm not an excellent musician. I didn't play for like 20 something years and, <laughs> you know, he, he never stopped, but I, I'm being into gear and just, I, I used to watch a ton of like pedal videos and stuff like that, but I don't really watch that stuff anymore. But I just like, if you like, can, if you follow sports well enough that you can have an appreciation and talk to people about like the players and stuff in general. Yep. Same thing with like pedals and, and music industry stuff, just because, and part of the, I, I didn't know that working with musicians or even having any contact with them would even be a, a reality. I didn't even dreamt of it before the company started. It was really just something to do at the end of the night, go in my garage, make a cable if I felt like it. And that was it. And it still pretty much is that way. But <laughs> what's, I won't say supplemented, but it's another, and this, you know, leads into all the concert photography and other, you know, opportunities like that is to be able to work with bands. And I've given out a ton of free cables. I've also had several different musicians who I've given cables to who have bought cables from me. And that really means the most. Um, I don't, I don't, not that I don't like, you know, I don't, I don't want to give stuff away if I don't have to, but right that's my advertisement and um yeah i don't pay myself for my time and i never pay myself for my time but i enjoy what i'm doing and that's it gives me a lot of uh joy we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors so i've got a, i got a question for you you mentioned giving cables to musicians and all who was the first person you were able to to give a cable to almost maybe like an almost like an endorsee or who was the first person that really so made an giving, this is uh, this is what i i'll answer your question for sure but this is what i have to say sure. is that and one of my main mentors works for a pretty well-known boutique pedal company and he he was a mentor. He, we were friends before even Ray Radecker started. I mean, he's somebody like that. I sent prototypes to, to check out and all this other stuff. Okay. Someone in the music industry, musicians get a lot of free stuff and the larger the scale, the more stuff that they're getting. And the reason why I say that it's that I was, that it's my advertising and I'm okay with that. That's it's true. It's exciting to see that if somebody has your, your cable or something like that in mind since on stage, but man, is your heart going to get broken if you give somebody something, give somebody something and they're not using it. Right. But therein lies that there's no endorse E, there never will be. There's several different friends of the company, people that I've worked with and stuff like that, but I'm okay. not paying anybody nor are, you know, and if they want to get stuff from me, they can, but it's also a give and take. There's some bands that, and, and artists in particular, that have just been more than grateful and use the gear all the time. It's been in music videos. It's been on oh, cool. um, webcasts and stuff, and it's just it's thrilling to see it there. Um, so I said that I never even thought about working with musicians and stuff. I started the company in January of 2020, six weeks, eight weeks before COVID stuff. Oh uh, wow! It's yeah, I didn't tell my wife about it before I started it. It's an LLC. I incorporated it. The signature logo is trademarked, all of that good stuff. So I didn't tell her about it. I did it because I 
I needed to do it at that stage of my life. A lot was going on. Okay. I needed to be able to channel stuff elsewhere. Right. That makes sense. I mentioned fish and I was like super, super obsessed with fish in 18 or 19 in particular. And, um, when you're married and have two kids, it's really difficult to go to shows. And my wife is yeah. very, very lenient about how many shows and stuff I get to go to. And I'm very grateful for that. I'm the same, same since boat. It's become, since it's become very clear how important this music and live music at that are in my life. Yeah. So, Fish's resident photographer's name is Renee Humer. I don't know if you're familiar with his work. He shot so many great people. He's out of Austria. I, I I never met him, but we had contact at a couple of the shows in 19, and I ended up buying some of his art, and and then that was it. That was right right before Ray Rayner started, and then just for the hell of it, I re- it, I reached out and I was like, hey. I checked this out and I sent him like the first one that I made when I got the custom heat drink, like for like when it was like real, not just using like blank stuff right. and whatnot. Yeah. And he, he reacted to it. He said, you know, he, he, he liked it. I didn't ask him there at the time and he was sufficient so to Mexico, Riviera Maya, like two weeks before COVID. So at the end of February and so he also shoots Trey and he also shoots Dave Matthews band. He's like Dave Matthews resident photographer. Oh, okay. I knew that he was going to be at some show shooting Trey right before they went to Mexico. That was in Colorado. And I patiently talked to Renee about, I, I don't know. I kind of eased my, myself in there and I got an address for him. I was able to get a package to him at his hotel in Colorado. He says that the, that he gave him the trays tech i don't know if any of this really happened or not but, <laughs> yeah. um and then he just told me at a later time that you know the band liked the cables but once again he might just be nice but they never use them and not that i've seen or heard of but that takes you back to if you're gonna offer somebody something they don't have to use it like right. you know it's and that's it was a little hard to swallow i won't say at first but uh i had a couple reality checks and um my friend Tommy, who works for that company, that company doesn't give anything away. And other companies don't. Other Someone who works for Telefunken, they don't give artists discounts and stuff. They will, if an artist buys something, then they, then they will send them some extra stuff. And that's different. Okay. But it's, it varies. And this is not my main source of income it's really not a source of income but uh, unfortunately it's looking more and more like an expensive hobby as the days go by but um it brings me a lot of happiness there well that's awesome uh, but you know it's um but it's not about it, it's neat to in, in the you know is someone going to look at that and be like hey you know i want whatever most people don't even notice the damn thing Right. Like a lot of people don't even know the guitars that they have or going to shows, whatever. It's for gearhead and yeah. stuff like that or nerd out about this stuff. But I wanted it in similar <laughs> to like one of those uh, at the shore, an ice cream place that has like 60 different flavors or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have every single color of that stuff available. And I wanted it to just be like over the top instead of having like six, 10, 12, like other companies had. I was like, get every single one. Wow. And it turned into just a canvas for me to just explore. I never did social media whatsoever before the company. Oh, really? And yeah. And I, I have mixed, I have mixed thoughts about it, but <laughs> from the start, it was kind of like the only way that I could even approach getting my name out there or to try to establish contact. I never assumed the, the name, by the way. I mean, a lot of people, when they contact me, they'll be like, you know, Hey Ray and stuff. But when I, yeah, I know. to someone, I, I always <laughs> say like, uh, hi, my name is Ben. This is the name of the company is what I say. And it's just a brand name. But, but once again, if they want to think what they want to think about it, that's <laughs> fine. But I've never said that that's my name, well, nor, nor will I. One of the cool things about the social media is like you said, you, you use the, the colors and, and the, the wooden connector and everything as a creative canvas. And I think things like Instagram and all help, companies like yours out in that fact that it helps that you separate yourself from 
you know, just over the counter cables that you can get at Guitar Center. You know, people see that. That's really cool. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, I don't know how many people act on that. <laughs> and the reason is, is that the cables, people have no problem spending $200 on a guitar, $150 on a guitar pedal. They, they don't want to spend $150 on a cable. Right. Um, the majority of the time they're going to, in less than a year, be or probably even less than that most of the time. For people who are like diehard gearheads who are like living and breathing on reverb and just like checking where their package is four times a day, if that no, that's that's low. Yeah, they'll they'll flip that pedal and you know and, and get something else and whatever. The cable would last them their entire life. Everything I make is guaranteed. There's nearly nine hundred instrument cables out there. Wow. Um, I, I never counted how many patch cables. I never even considered counting out of that. I've probably had maybe 10 stuff sent back, like because of like eight, maybe like things sent back and I fix them. I send them back to them. And that's one of the nice thing. One of the nicest things about the cable business is that you can always just cut a little bit off and just redo it. And it's not like the whole, uh, the majority, depending on what we're talking about, there's little patch cables, like on on the pedal board, the most expensive part for those is the connector itself. Whereas when you start talking about instrument leads with copper wire, that is you know, nearly 85 cents a foot. And then you start talking about like, you know, 16, 25 feet, that's where your majority of your cost is. Uh, oh, understandably. Man. So plus you have the price of connectors and such. So, and then you, and the, the, the even more difficult is to, not use cheap stuff and not be too expensive in terms of that. And there's a lot of different other cable makers out there. I am, I guarantee that their cables pass signal as just as well as mine and sound just as well as mine and vice versa. They look different. They're constructed differently. It's, you know, Tommy Hilfiger, Nautica type of thing. You know, it's just, you <laughs> right. get what you want. If you want to, if you want to pay for a nicer non-bargain than Guitar Center, cheapy cable, and, and every single cable company offers lifetime guarantees and stuff like that. It's, um, who wouldn't want that? So, yeah. and, and you know, if somebody's, if you pay good money for something, even if it was that pedal, you're going to flip whatever. If something broke, you'd want it to be able to be fixed. Exactly. Um, something that also attracted me in terms of, and this also ties back to gear and stuff like that, is that before I even got into the cable making process, I had a couple, when I was acquiring gear, I had a couple, there were a few different people that I was, a, creators, uh, manufacturers themselves, the that I was able to access and talk to about certain things. And I really, really, um, as a consumer and on that side of the fence, I really, really got into that. And I would, when I was able to talk to, uh, Mike Saldano, who owns, or who used to own Saldano amps, Mm -hmm. um, Bill Wickersham, who owns and is the founder of Alembic, um, a very well-known and well-respected instrument company out in California. I had conversations with these people just talking about like transistors and, you know, it it was, it was like sitting in a physics lecture. It was awesome. (laughs) And when someone's into my stuff or wants to, you know, talk about it or geek out about cables and stuff like that, I get as into it also. And, And that's why it's, it's not that it's not work. And like, yes, I'm, I'm here to represent the company and it is a business but when I talk to the musicians, when I talk to, especially, I, I never ask about like the music stuff, like ever, ever, ever. <laughs> we'll talk about anything else besides that. Okay. Yeah. And that's not, that's not what we're hanging, That's not what we're talking to each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so they don't get music, whatever they want to talk to the cables, whatever. But you know, I, I like talking about kids and stuff and just like other stuff with just showing them that I'm a, I'm just hopefully a little bit normal. Yeah. <laughs> so each of these cables are, are they're all handmade. Everything from raw wow. parts in my garage. And are you the only one doing it? The painters, there's two painters. Okay. Um, 
and they do the painting but wow. besides that i i do everything that's the social media the oh my gosh but that's i'm a control freak i <laughs> i i i've had a, a staff of five or six people before and sit around because i just i poorly made it but in this instance with this and because of the the product I'm putting myself out there just like a musician does when they go out on stage in terms of that. And I need that to be as good as that can be to represent myself. Even though I, you know, there was a sh just a shred of thought in my head that, Oh my God, what if fish comes out on the, on the stage just cause they were the first ones to get something. And I was like, mm -hmm. what if the damn thing breaks? And oh. <laughs> several people have like plugged it in. Like what if I've like given it some before a show, but I would never do that. I mean, like maybe if you can test it, but like that just takes a lot of. I, I mean, I don't. I don't know. But and a lot of people just don't care about that stuff. It's just a cable, and that's also why they're just like, why would I spend money on it? And I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if it you know passes signal right, and you know if it breaks, I'll get another one, and that's okay. But now, but, but those and and those people, I still want to talk to about music and kids. But I'm not going to try to sell those people cables. Exactly, exactly. But you get people like like some of the f the friends of Ray Ray Decker, like Black Angels, the Vacant Lots. You know, they do care about the sound. So th you know, they're not going to use something right. I that's don't disagree. Yeah. you know a bad quality. And I'm I'm looking. I mean. Guys, like, like like another friend of the company, Oliver Ackerman from A Place to Bury Strangers and Death by Audio. And I mean, if he likes your stuff, that's a huge endorsement, forgive the term, but because, I mean, they're a huge noisy band and, and he builds bespoke guitar pedals. He's looking for quality. So that's huge to to have him as, as a, a friend of the company. So I got involved with Levitation, the festival based out of Austin, Texas, the sister company to Reverberation Appreciation Society. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of uh, Alex Moss of the Black Angels and Christian are, I believe, two of the original four like founders of it. So like they're the owners of Levitation and in addition to Reverberation Appreciation Society, which is the record label of these entities so alex i went to levitation at the end of 2021 in october of 2021 and um he got it so that i could get a booth at stubs which is the largest venue there oh cool and i the second night there it was a, it was a, it was a great bill it was ringo death star oh, yes. at, at stubs uh, a place to very strangers Kiki Moyo and then um, Black Angels. And it was just really one of the, you know, the best evenings. So uh, I watched a bit of the A Place to Very Strangers show. And then there was an area where like the vendors would be able to like look for a little bit and then walk back to their areas. Okay. And I looked and I saw Oliver a little bit of ways. And um, I introduced myself to him and he, him and John Fedowitz also, uh, of a place of very strangers in ceremony east coast they came to the booth that i was at and just like looked at the stuff and and that was the most significant and uh, meaningful part of that weekend and pretty much it, it really spoke a lot and i was able to hook up with them back in june of this year i didn't even have like my bigger lens at that time it was like the first like there was no press pass press pass but like and i didn't really know how like how it worked for certain smaller venues but Oliver gave me a pass. That's and, awesome. And he said some extremely nice things that I will never forget that day. And he, he, well, we swapped, but he purchased uh, two cables that him and John use. And, um, Oh, that is awesome. Those, those pictures that I, I used to put all, like not all sorts of pictures and stuff, but I've, especially now getting into the concert photography stuff. Like I love to be able to include a picture that I put on that and I don't really display it otherwise there's a lot of like and some bands don't want me to put any of the pictures that I've taken up on like Instagram or whatever and I definitely respect that yeah um but they don't care about me my photos <laughs> for fun yeah you know, I'm a cable company it's like what is this guy talking about why is he showing pictures of Pisces <laughs> but um, well the picture you have of, of Oliver on the website is brilliant I love that shot thank you I didn't, and that's what I'm sure you know exactly what I'm about to, to get at. <laughs> when you look through like the can, I don't know like what your process is, no pun intended, for when you like 
get home with you from a show or whatever and go through your pictures or however you do it. I went through the one that you're talking about. I went through and I like four months afterwards, maybe even five months afterwards. And I was like, really? Did I see this one? I'm sure you've had those moments where like, you're like, how did I overlook this one? Oh yeah. Yeah. So like all the, all the pictures that I take of the very or stuff and stuff like that, after I get on my computer and like chronicleized and all of that stuff, I just delete them off of the computer, off of the camera memory. So I don't delete yeah. like actual pictures for like from real pictures. Yeah. 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 So, the photography and stuff is pretty self-taught too. And it's not that I'm, I, I don't know anything about it. I'm seriously just hacking it up. Like I did with the cables in my <laughs> garage. At first. <laughs> I mentioned earlier about the grateful dead serving in importance that Ray Ray Decker was, I was making no sales. COVID had just hit. People weren't really spending money. I had no, uh, I was marketing myself more or not marketing, but I was spending more time talking to artists versus musicians, which is, doesn't really make sense. And you know, no okay. wonder I wasn't getting any sales, but <laughs> I, this thing started from a seed in my head, like four months before all of this COVID hits my best friend that I keep on talking about also in very into Grateful Dead and a lot of people who are into Grateful Dead want to recreate Jerry Garcia rigs. What does that mean? That means that a guitar with an onboard effects loop, it's called Obel, O-B-E-L. Um, what that means is that after the vibrations from the strings hit the pickups, before it goes out of the guitar, it's going to go through the effects loop and then go out of the guitar. So that's going to leave the uh, effects sound uh, more unadulterated. And that's a big part of it. And then there's also other, a Macintosh power amp is pretty much like the sound for that tone and what a lot of people are using. And then a, a JBL 120 speaker. So with those types of things, my friend Eric, he needed it in, RCA to quarter inch cable and like a lot of things when it comes to this, and this is way before the company, like a lot of things before like this, I didn't, he was on this grateful dead musicians forum. And I didn't even know what these things were for in terms of like, what's an RCA cable for? Like, why am I using it? Like I've like seen stuff like that before, but I didn't really know what it was. And that has kind of continued, not, it continued well into the second and even further year into this when I started to get figure out and stuff that I, I was making stuff that people wanted. And that's where a lot of the ideas and stuff have come from, from what a professional or someone who wants to have something different made. There's over 80 different products that I make. I mean, one thing, I don't think that anybody's going to pick some of them and stuff, but they're there. And if something's not roadworthy and doesn't look good, um, it ain't leaving the garage. And um, it's it's been a it's been a heck of a ride. And I've also learned to balance it a lot better with my personal life and my home life than I did the first year and a half or so. And because um, I was really neglecting a lot of things that I should not have been neglecting. I've been there. Yeah. With this podcast, with the photography. Yeah. I I know exactly what you're talking about. It's difficult. It is. And at the the end of the day, even all the stuff, you know, whatever, the family's more important. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, it's absolutely. And you, you know, it's good to know that I'm not the only one with these, those issues, but I'm also not the only one who's got a a family who's very supportive of this thing. Cause you know, like your cables, this podcast doesn't make me a whole lot of money. If any, you know, every once in a while I get a sponsor. I'm a part of a podcast network. Every couple of months I get a, I'll get a deposit of like 15 bucks, you know, so it's not paying the bills. But but you wouldn't, but you wouldn't do it if you didn't enjoy doing it. Exactly. And that's, yeah. I mean, let's just be happy that these aren't our day jobs. Exactly. And and that that, that we found something that we enjoy doing. That brings us a lot of joy. And even though that my wife, uh, I won't say she hates Ray Raider, I mean, she certainly did, just especially because I wasn't forthcoming (laughs) about its inception. But, um, well, lesson learned, right? Mm, it may take me a few more times, but <laughs> she does see how happy it makes me with things and, and things of she's become more accepting of it as I've become less obsessive about it. Cause 
it was like, and I don't know, in the back of my head, the first couple of years, I was like, you know what, this is where I have to put the time in. I have to get everything right. And, and I can't just put this in the back burner. It was like a child, everything for a while. And yeah. And now I'm much more laid back about that. And, it, and that's exhausting too. It's, you know, not it only, was, no, I was, I was not sleeping. Yeah. I, I was doing the same thing with the, with, you know, recording, editing, and I still do all the recording and editing, but I, I have a much more laid back approach to it. You know, I, I, instead of editing straight through and getting a, a show done, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll, I try to set time limits now. I'm going to be get done by this time. And if I'm not finished with, I'm at wherever I'm at, at this time and I'm putting it down. And much like the, uh, the f- concert photography. Same, same about what you just said, but like same with my work and too. Yeah. Uh, but like you just got to, you're like, you, you're just cool with it then. But yeah. I, I feel you. And I, I don't know about you when, when, after you get done with a sh- shooting a show, when I get home, I immediately download everything off of my camera onto my computer and I have to get at least one photo done and no matter what time it is. And then I go to, then I can go to bed. That's the only other thing I get really obsessive about. I want to get at least one shot edited. Yeah, I definitely feel that. And it's also what I have to say to that is this, just like I said, that selling gear is more fun than buying gear. Yeah. Treat yourself like a kid on Christmas morning and wait until the next morning to do it. (laughs) You will have, you will wake up and you'll, you'll just have this extra smile on your face when you wake up and you're like, Oh, I get to look at those. And I mean, yeah, I think that most people probably look at like some other, I mean, I look at through like set breaks and stuff like that. I'll look at the other ones and stuff like that. But, and if there's one that you're really, really excited about, like that you, that you know, but whatever. And then that one will pretty much like burn itself into my head on the way home. And I'll get really excited about it. I'll, I'll get excited. Like my son does about a Lego set. Yeah. Yeah. In some ways. Truthfully. All right. I'm, so it's, I'm going to try that. I'm going to, I'm going to make myself wait the next show. Well, it's, I don't always do that, but <laughs> I, I have, I have, and I've enjoyed it because of that. And, and that extra smile that I was referring to was really me. <laughs> and it can be you yeah it can also be you i'm looking at the the website right now and i'm blown away by stuff i i'll tell you what when i i'm gonna have to order a uh, an xlr i'm gonna get an xlr cable for my my podcast setup i'll have to order that from you so i can uh, i can be a, a friend that's of ray that's ray decker so kind. So. that's so kind thank you <laughs> and how can people find out more about your products, how can people follow you and not only the Ray Raydecker products, but also your concert photography. Uh, I know you, you mentioned social media and all. Yeah. Uh, the concert, uh, it's at Ray Raydecker, R-A-Y-R-A-Y-D-E-C-K-E-R. I don't consider myself a concert photographer. I like doing it and I do like to share it sometimes, but it's not, even though it's like, oh, but that's not him. But a lot of the stuff that I put out there isn't. It, it's it's more of what I'm into, and yet yeah, happens to be a cable company. A lot of things that I am and are into is cable company and musicians and ones that I've worked with. And now that COVID's not like it was, and musicians are touring again, and that I have established some relationships with them, that I then I can do that. The, the concert photography only started earlier this year, just because. I never even considered it beforehand and it's, and it was, it just sounded like something fun and and it is, it's so much, it's so much easier for cons. I mean, there's a lot of factors, of course, like what you were describing about the Warner and, um, shooting sports is much more difficult. Oh yeah. Concerts. It's a lot more difficult. My side, I tried to, I practice a lot with my son's soccer and stuff like this. And it is so hard. I used to do that too. Uh, for a, few studios and all and it was just it's tough it, it depends on the sport i mean basketball is a little easier than something like football and, and baseball is possibly one of the easiest ones but anything with like soccer football uh anything that's on, on a wider field or court that that that's tough all right oh so yeah that, um yes that, that ray ray decker is the instagram there's a lot of there's a lot of content there it's i don't have a specific part for concert photography i'm not going to have it on the website it is 
I do have to break it back down to, you know, this is a cable, you know, company and stuff, <laughs> right. but that's, but like incorporating those pictures on the sum of race friends are, yes, that gives me that, that's satisfying for me in addition to whatever I might choose to share on my own in terms of that. But that's not, there's real concert photographers people can check out going back also to the, how accessible creators were before I even consider this mm-hmm. and how much I enjoyed that. I wanted, and as much as I'm having fun doing this, I wanted them. I knew that the musician, when you make the, the when you make the customer, the musician or anybody, the hero and you're the guide and you're simply just, you know, getting there, then it will work a lot of times. And there's a lot of other things, luck, perseverance. Yeah. But I, and I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of luck, but patience has been really important too about like stuff. And like, if you start to get like really antsy and it's just a, you just got to let things happen in terms of like with industry stuff. You want to come on too strong, come on too strong or anything like that. Exactly. That'll scare people off a lot more than you, you'll get people coming to you. And I just want to say that I, I know you, you downplay your photography a bit, but I really like it. I, I've Thank really you. enjoyed I appreciate it. the shot of Alex Moss from black angels on the friends on the of Ray. Of that, that yeah. isn't an, Amazing shot. I love that shot so much. Thank you. I do too. So, well, look, I know I've kept you for a while and I really enjoyed meeting you that the night with the uh, black angels vacant lots. And, uh, and I figured if Jared vacant lots and and, and the guys from the black angels are using your stuff, it's gotta be high quality. Cause I know Jared a little bit. He's been on the podcast a couple of times and, and also I know he's a very, he's a huge audiophile. So I know if he's using your equipment, it's gotta be top notch. So that's why I would, wanted to reach out and have you on the podcast and thank you i really appreciate the gesture and i'm going to uh suggest you to suggest everybody check out if, if you're a up-and-coming musician an established musician definitely check out ray ray decker because it's just it is really high quality and you know how often can you say what you have is handmade i mean my good grief Thank, thank you. you. And thank you so much for spending so much of your time explaining the process and talking to me about, about the products and about the content photography because I am always thrilled to geek out about content photography.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 